0: Um, we're going to talk about a lovely topic today that's um, really important to my heart, um, peace. Um, typically, when people are talking about or praying for peace, um, when we're talking about wanting peace for the world at large, uh, for peace at earth, what we're praying for is an end of conflict, a cessation of fighting, uh, end to the aggressive hatred out there. We're thinking peace versus war. <laughs> Um, And most often when we pray for that personal peace, um, the smaller scale peace we're asking to see in our day-to-day lives, what we're wanting is for our lives to be free of stressors. We're seeking for a life of order where things will run smoothly. What we're asking for is a peace that's peace versus chaos. Um, But the peace I want to talk about today, though... Um, the Holy Spirit fruit piece that Paul talks about in his um, list in Galatians where he lists the thing called fruit of the spirit um, or outcomes of the spirit is a piece that's an internal virtue. Um, It's one that is not tied to outward circumstances and more often than not is actually in spite of circumstances. I want to talk about this piece that sets up residence down in our gut. Um, It's a spiritual piece. The Bible describes um, God's peace as a peace that's beyond understanding. Um, I want to talk about a peace that doesn't make sense given the circumstances. A peace that's supernatural and comes from tapping into God. Um, But here's the thing. Although this is a very internal peace um, and internal virtue, if you will, when you have this internal peace available... Um, it actually becomes a peace that you can share with others, a peace that can actually affect the external world Um, because it's a peace that you can share with your community, the people around you, your loved ones. Um, The kinds of peace I spoke about earlier, um, peace as opposed to violence or war or peace as opposed to chaos and disorder, those kinds of peace depend on things outside of ourselves. Um, And in the actuality of the world we live in, unfortunately... Those are types of peace that for all, but the most fortunate are just not likely to be reality. We can get a few days of rest and respite at a retreat, or maybe we can even break from reality entirely, go hide away at a monastery, temple, commune, um, and find peace from the chaos, peace from the war there. But we can't seem to sustainably find that kind of peace in our day-to-day lives. So I want to take a look at the internal peace instead. Um, The internal peace that's offered by the Holy Spirit or God. Um, And now this is how I see and interpret the spiritual peace that the Bible describes. Um, Peace can come from embracing that God's enough to meet our needs and trusting that in his arms we're safe. It's carried in our hearts and it's independent of the circumstances, yet it can be shared with others. Um, Excuse me if I refer to God in the masculine, Um, it's just in keeping with the phrasing of the passage translation that I'm using. Um, So I'm going to go through the 23rd Psalm today. The 23rd Psalm paints a picture and is kind of a roadmap of the peace that we're offered under God's protection, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, he leads me beside peaceful streams, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is a pretty well-known psalm. It's probably the most popular And in particularly in light of events that we've faced both globally and locally these past few weeks and months, I think we can hopefully find a new hope and beauty in its message and its words. Um, It's my hope today that we can pull from this psalm, this poetry, a truth that can exist with us in the realities of our actual lives. So... What then is this kind of peace that I'm talking about here? This peace despite conflict, despite disorder. My interpretation is that the peace of the spirit is an internal state or spiritual refuge where we can know that our spirit is safe and trust that God is with us. Um, To give us context here, I want to discuss the guy who actually wrote this psalm or poem to God, David. David. So David's a guy who's featured heavily in the Old Testament. Um, He's the protagonist uh, or main character of some pretty epic storylines and is described as a man after God's own heart. He's also believed to have written about half of the 150 Psalms. Um, So this particular one, we don't know exactly when in his life he wrote it. Um, So I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis or rundown of what kind of life this guy, David, our author today, uh, led. David started out as a simple shepherd. Um, I say simple, but this kid literally fought off at least one lion and a bear while still just a kid. Um, even as a youth, this guy's life was not one void of conflict. While still a young shepherd, he was anointed or kind of tapped by God's prophet at the time, Samuel, to become the next king of Israel. Um But the kicker is, when David was anointed, at this time, there actually was already an existing king who had male heirs. Um, Saul, the king at that time, would have to either get out of the picture or step down somehow for David to become the next king. So even before he left his father's house, things are already getting pretty messy for this guy, David. So circumstances come about that managed to lead our young shepherd, David, into working for the existing king, Saul. Um, He plays the harp for him. Now, David is serving in the very household he's been promised to more or less usurp. I'm sure it was a terribly comfortable situation, and he never had any stress dreams about Saul finding this out, (laughs) and all hell breaking loose. Um, So when we next hear about David in the scriptures... Um, He's gone to the battlefront to bring his older brother supplies because his nation Israel is at war with another people group, the Philistines. He winds up in one of those epic little guy versus big bad showdowns against a literal giant um, from the opposing army. David wins and his narrative turns into one of a conquering hero. David takes up the military life, fighting wars for his country, and he's really good at fighting, which I guess we may have seen coming, considering he actually fought lions and bears just as a kid, kind of rolls into it. Um, So meanwhile, while he's also campaigning militarily, he's still serving and living at the palace, working for Saul as a harpist. And at this time, he's made friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. They become the absolute best of friends. But at this time, David's become too popular because of his success in battles, and the king becomes crazy jealous and straight up chucks a spear at him while he's playing the harp. The next chapter of David's life is his being chased and hunted by the man he'd served faithfully for years and having to leave behind his best friend, Saul's son, Jonathan. Eventually, Saul dies, and David does become king. But he's a wartime king, and his reign is marked by doing Israel's enemies, politicking, and rebellions. The one consistent thing looking at the outside of David's life is that it is in constant turmoil, constant conflict, both externally, physical fights, and danger, and personally, internally. His best friend is the son of the king he's supposed to replace. And while he's being hunted by Saul, he's straight up hiding in caves in the desert, David's life is a story of war and chaos. Yet this is the author, this is the man who penned this famous psalm of peace. Despite all the turmoil in his life, David writes this psalm, calling out his God as the one who lets him rest in green pastures, leads him along the paths of peaceful streams. We can look at that literally for anyone who enjoys nature, I know I do, Uh, lying outside in green soft field under soft blue sky, walking alongside a stream, those are some of the most relaxing activities a person can do, that's one person's opinion. But I know personally I find my soul finding incredible peace um, in those type of physical environments, void of stressors, of triggers about our daily lives, quiet, restful, peaceful. But I think it's actually more useful to see this description as a metaphorical one, one depicting our soul in the presence of God's company. So in God's presence, with God as my spiritual shepherd, my spirit is protected. In the midst of war, in the midst of chaos, my spirit can still have access to those safe green meadows where I can find rest and restoration. Psalms 1 through 4, I'll reread those. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, he leads me beside peaceful streams, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, your rod and your staff, protect and comfort me. This protection David speaks of here, this assurance of safety and protection and guidance, For me, my internal peace comes from knowing and trusting to the very core of my soul that these things are true of God. I think, at least in my experience, there's a surface level knowing, and then there's a uh, deep gut, settled internal place of knowing. Um, I don't know how exactly to describe what I'm referring to here to you guys, but um, what I'm talking about is the difference between thinking something is true and the being sure that something is true, where it's just settled into your gut. Um, I think of it as that same internal place where sports fans have their team spirit stored. Why is Brad a Cubs fan? He just is to the core of that guy's being where I challenge you to make sense of it. At this point, he just is. It's settled. And it's that same place in my gut that I'm talking about where I just am sure that God is trustworthy And in him I am safe. Um, And I know this phrasing or picture may be a bit unsettling to some, particularly if you've had negative encounters or experiences with a kind of faith that refuses to explain itself. Um, But this is what I'm talking about here. It's just what I'm asking or suggesting that, at least for me, this is where that trust is sitting inside. Um, This doesn't mean that if I have peace or if I trust God, enough, I won't suffer. Um, I don't feel pain. Don't cry out to my God for a world where the peace versus war kind of peace or the peace versus chaos kind of peace are, if not fully realized, at least visible on the horizon as something that could possibly be attainable. What it does mean, though, is that as I walk through these times, I carry peace with me, carry the assurance of God's protection with me. This peace is what allows me to not be afraid. Peace as a result of knowing that my God is close beside me. His strength protects me. When I come across the dark valleys, things like losing jobs, moving to a new location, facing hatred, discrimination, intolerance, I don't need to be rocked, shaken to the core, close to destruction, because I carry that sense of peace, and it provides me strength and refuge. Um, so what does having access to this peace in our lives actually look like, though? How can we see this in our lived daily lives? Um, I think the one thing we can do is one thing and one way to bring this about is just make small choices to build this virtue in our lives. Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The simple line starts off the psalm. And it starts off the how of how I've actually been able to experience and live this peace-filled life. Um, This may work for you, too. This is my experience, but this is how it's worked for me. Step one is to imagine that the Lord, um, the Lord referred to as maybe the Lord Almighty, the Lord of light, the Lord of love, is your shepherd. God as a shepherd is a common metaphor we see in the scriptures. It says a whole lot about God and his relationship towards us with only one word. Um, Shepherds are caregivers to sheep. They make sure the sheep are protected from the elements. They feed them. They give them water. Um, But the most important imagery of this to me is that of the protector. Shepherds don't just sit at home at the farm or homestead, leave out food and water for the sheep and let things happen. Um, They actually go out with the sheep to protect them. In the case of David, we remember while he was shepherding, he fought off a lion and bears just to protect his flock. This is what we're holding on to when we imagine that the Lord is our shepherd. We're putting our faith in his protection. And then step two is to imagine again that... Because the Lord's our shepherd, we have everything we need. God's provision, what he has to offer, is enough. Other protections are nice, even wise, but everything we need that we absolutely require, all that can be found in God. When I was young, uh, younger, I guess I'm still young, 15 going on 16, my parents let us kids know that we were moving to London that year. Um, What this meant to 15-year-old me was a total upheaval of everything. All I would have in this foreign country would be my family, and I wasn't actually close or comfortable with my family. Um, All of my safety, my comfort, my relationships, all of that came from my friends and my surrogate families. I would be leaving all these behind. The way that the school system was in the UK meant that there was no easy way for me to enter a class level there. Um, I would need to be homeschooled. We could each only pack a single box's worth of our belongings. There was more than a little fear here for my 15-year-old self. What seemed like chaos had descended on my life and my plans for the future. Um, But during this time and this process of facing total upheaval in my life, I think this is the first time I really learned how to tap into the peace of the spirit. I'm sure I've experienced moments of peace and even spiritual peace before in my life, um, but those were encounters. And what I'm talking about here is a continued walk with peace, um, a real existence with peace. I developed a practice then that I still practice today. Um, though as I accumulate things, relationships, roots in the city, roots in Philadelphia, I'll be honest, this practice has gotten consistently more difficult, although no, more, uh, no less rewarding. Every morning before starting the day, and I would look around my room at every single, single thing I had. I'd hold it in my head and my heart and appreciate its, its worth to me. My guitar that I'd saved up for a year or more to buy my room that I was blessed to have all to myself. I'd grown up with sharing it with my brother and sister. Um, I looked at the pictures of all my friends, holding on to those relationships, and how beautiful my friends were in my life. Um, I was also pretty well known and liked in my school, my church, my clubs, and felt belonging there. I'd hold all that, thank God for it all, and then just imagine letting it all go one by one, each thing, relationship, or situation that I valued, I imagined letting that go and not having that anymore and how that would feel. And when I finished and had no objects, no relationship, nothing left in this world, in my imagination exercise, in my heart, I saw that I still had my God. And as I sat there, I knew that to be enough. That practice of reminding myself daily that God was enough that let me share, uh, find a sincere peace that couldn't be touched by circumstances. Um, on a more mundane side, I know I often forget to seek out peace in my daily life if crap isn't hitting the fan. By this I mean I tend to just go to God, actively seek peace when things reach the breaking point. When I get to a place where it's made apparent that unless I get some help from God and his peace... I'm not going to be able to stay standing. But, you know, hey, maybe if I were carrying and seeking peace daily, I wouldn't get to those breaking points quite so often. I'm still really working on this one, but the days and times when I do get it right, um, it makes an immeasurable difference on my life. Um, How healthy, hope-filled, life-filled I feel is immeasurable. Seeking that daily peace means choosing in the face of those stressors. My boss is reaming me out for an error he made and is now shoveling onto my plate. A friend or relative is calling to pile on yet another well-intentioned stressor. I read about another hate-charged killing, the death of an innocent a minority, the injustice of being in danger just for being different. In the face of the chaos in spite of the pain and anger that threatens to overwhelm entirely, I think it can be so helpful to instead to choose to seek spiritual peace. For me, I personally have a place of refuge I've created in my head and heart that I can retreat to in the company of my God and his protection. When I sense myself succumbing to the mess and broken feelings of reality, I take a moment or two and sink into my soul's refuge and I feel safe, known, seen, and restored. I didn't always have this refuge readily available to dip into, though. Um, I developed this place after I went through some pretty severe depression when I was 22. I couldn't mentally or spiritually even handle the small task of sending out a single email. I felt as though the whole world would overwhelm me before I could muster up the strength to accomplish a single task. I stopped going to classes at my college, um, barring the one where I was in a group project with friends who could hold me accountable. I still couldn't tell you what triggered this particular depression. Um, It was most likely a combination of just one repressed stressor after another shoved deep down into a dark little box um, because I couldn't handle it all on my own. Um... While still trying to pretend that everything was fine and I really could handle it all and it was just fine I couldn't Eventually, I got help though from a therapist and from people willing to hold me accountable To help pull me up when I stumbled and I started taking steps to get to a better place mentally Spiritually though, I found solace in the Bible and in Psalms particularly you guessed it in Psalm 23 which told me the Lord was my shepherd and I have all that I need. So once again, I started spending time imagining the Lord's protection, meditating over his provision. I closed my eyes, found a quiet spot, and meditated on this verse, repeating it, until my soul started to believe it, to believe that maybe in God I really was protected. And over time, eventually... Um, I actually did come to believe this, come to uh, accept this. And now I do have a refuge, a place in my heart where I can go. And even if on the outside, in my day-to-day life, maybe I've forgotten that I really do believe God is my all, God is my protection. When I go to this refuge, my soul remembers and can find peace and respite. Right now, I have the pretty mundane stressors and chaos of life. My job's workload is consistently overwhelming with no respite in sight. I found out some things about my parents and my own past that are painful and disturbing that I'm still trying to unpack. My new girlfriend is moving to another city, and I'm not looking forward to finding out what that thing called a long-distance relationship is that people are always talking about. And honestly, guys, all the big stuff that's gone on over the past few weeks and months... I haven't even gone to a healthy place uh, to really start sorting out my feelings on that yet. I'm still just trying to sort out through my pile of mundane stressors. But I'll also tell you, honestly, that I truly don't feel overwhelmed, most days at least, um, in the face of work and in the face of my own personal life. Um, I try and start each day by practicing some of the things that I've learned work for me as a way to find peace with quiet time um, during my day and giving my day, my things, my relationships over to God, starting my day off with trust. During my lunch break, I take time to imagine slash just sit, close my eyes, and search out that inner refuge. For me, I actually um, have an image or place that I bring to mind that I specifically feel entirely safe And protected when I mentally go there. Um, I can just be there, resting in his presence and being restored. These small practices I find um, help center my soul. They help keep me centered in a spiritual place so that work can pile on task after task. And while I definitely don't have to like it, I also don't have to be overwhelmed so that when I get a letter from my dad and my soul wants to scream, I don't have to worry that I'm going to break and spiral into another depression, so that when I think of my girlfriend leaving, I don't have to be afraid of the uncertainty of the future. I still feel at peace. So how can we take this powerful peace and share it? How can we take this personal sense of trust or of assuredness of safety that we're able to tap into ourselves um, that's available through God and extend it, make it available to those around us. How do we be uh, peacemakers, if you will? Mm -hmm. Psalm 23, 5 through 6, David says, My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I know that I don't have a monopoly on offering peace just because I'm a Christian, but I do think that the kind of peace I have to offer, um, the kind of peace that I can tap into spiritually here is something very much worth sharing. Um, So I want to close with is to discuss how this peace can be made external and shared with others. I know for me, honestly, I think or hear a term like peacemaker, and it's a little bit beyond daunting. My mind spirals at the thought of trying to take that title on because I hear that term and I automatically conjure the big picture piece that I talked about earlier, the big external war versus peace. And I feel wholly inadequate to offer that kind of piece. I feel ill-equipped to offer anything in the light of just such an overwhelmingly intimidating task bringing about an end to this pain and conflict we're surrounded by. And I have to remind myself that, for me at least, what I have to share is the peace of the spirit. Um, Being a peacemaker in that context, um, in the context of the peace we have in the spirit, that's something manageable. It's something that I can settle and realize I can make that kind of peace available and share that. That's something I can actually do. David said, my cup overflows with blessings. And as with any of the virtues we've talked about these weeks, yes, they come, these virtues, more easily after practice. And there are steps and practices we can take ourselves to better experience them and um, have them become a part of what we naturally just carry with us. Um, However, the key point is that we can go to God, go to the Holy Spirit first to draw our resources from him, meaning extending peace That's not something I need to manufacture to be able to give out. It means I can go to God, um, and out of the abundance of the peace that he fills me with, out of the overflow, that's what I can offer. Not my own personal peace of the Spirit. Um, I don't need to create peace for others, but I can offer the overflow of God's peace, and in that way be a peacemaker, even in these times when the pain and injustice surrounding us may seem too overwhelming to take on. And it's here, I think, that we can bring peace, or at least it's here that, for me personally, I see an opportunity to do what I can to share it. Um, I can share what I've experienced. I can sit with you, pray with you, be that calm, restful place for you. When you can't reach out to God directly to tap into that peace for your soul, I can trust in the safety of his arms and you can sit with me and tap into the overflow. I can intercede, tap into God's peace on behalf of my brothers and sisters who maybe aren't in a place to do that themselves. And maybe I can't, maybe I'm not gifted or driven in ways that can bring an end to civil injustice, to the needless deaths and violence towards the innocents. Um, But I can sit with my brothers and sisters in their grief in the wake of chaos in the messy and broken lives, and trust my God to be there for them. And maybe that will be enough for others to experience God's peace. Maybe I can trust God enough that it'll act as a go-between. Maybe I can um, bring peace to others in that way. So everyone experiences peace in their own way. Um, This is what's worked for me and is a way for me that I see a way forward. Peace and sharing peace is gonna look different for everyone. um, And you may find your heart led in a different path towards peace and a different path towards sharing it. Um, I just know that for me, especially right now, when big picture peace is so seemingly unattainable, when the ugliness out there in our broken world is so fresh and in my face, um, and I'll be honest, I haven't yet found peace about that yet. I'm still in turmoil inside. Um, I don't have any inner peace about this big stuff that I can offer to anyone. But thank God I don't have to offer peace people my own peace about this big stuff. I just need to hold their hand in mine while extending my free hand up to my God and act as that conduit, that intercessor, to allow God's peace to extend to them in their own way and in their own time frame. Even if I can't be at peace, I still have a peace I can go to and rest in for a while, a peace that I still have access to. And so while that's what I have to offer, and I don't have the idea, I don't have the next step in light of the issues facing us big peace wise uh, in face of shootings, the discriminations, or racism. Maybe some of you guys do. Um, We all have different gifts to offer, and that's what's so beautiful about being part of a community. Um, Maybe you have an idea that I'm missing here um, and just need the peace to live it out. Maybe you have that idea that I'm missing. Maybe you have that next step and just need peace um, that I can offer and we can team up as a community. We fill in each other's gaps. And so while it might be scary to step up with ideas before giants like racism and discrimination, we can each offer what we do have and find strength in one another, find strength in community. Um, so I'd like to end with a verse from an old hymn. Um, you may know it if you have a background in the church, and if not, um, I find it still beautiful work of poetry, regardless. Um, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul.